Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Master the NEC, where we talk about the National Electrical Code and all things electrically related. My name is Paul Abernathy, your host, as always, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. If you haven't listened to our podcast before, where you been? Because we're on Spotify, we're on Deezer, Apple iPods, Amazon Radio, gosh, what else we on? iHeartRadio. You can also even listen to our stuff over on our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash master the NEC. And again, there's a lot of videos over there as well. Appreciate the thumbs up and the likes. Hopefully you get something out of our content. So today's episode, uh, we're going to get into understanding 210.25, and that is brand circuits in buildings with more than one occupancy. So this is any building where you have more than one occupancy in the building, and you need to understand about how you're supplying brand circuits to these various things that are in each one of these buildings, and there's some things you have to be aware of. So we're obviously in Article 210, and we're going to be looking at the routing and how we work these brand circuits and all that associated with it. But first, we're going to get a word from our sponsor, again, Electrician Pride, about all those little goodies we have. Check them out. Help support the show by getting uh, stickers and mugs and all that good stuff. So let's go on and run that commercial, and we'll get into today's episode. Today's show is sponsored by electricianpride.com, your one-stop shop for electrician-specific T-shirts, hoodies, phone cases, mugs, die-cut stickers, leggings, and so much more. Featuring unique designs for electricians, journeymen, and master electricians, as well as electrical engineers and electrical inspectors. For more information on all the products that are available, visit us at www.electricianpride.com today. All right, so again, thanks for everybody that visits us over on electricianpride.com. We appreciate all your patronage. All right, today... We're going to look again at 210.25, brand circuits in buildings, again, with more than one occupancy. Let's talk about this for a second. So I have one building. It's four walls. And that is obviously one building, and in this case, has one occupancy. However, let's translate that into a situation where I have um, a building that might have what's called separation walls or fire-rated assemblies. And so let's take a strip mall, a strip, one of those strip buildings in a shopping center, for example, you see where it's got one service coming to it under 230.2. It's got one service, but each one of the units, let's say we have six of them, and each one of those are separated by a fire-rated assembly. It's not a firewall, because if it was a firewall separating it, means runs from the foundation all the way up through the roof, then we would have six separate buildings and you would have six separate addresses. But in this case, they're fire-rated assemblies, so we have a physical address, and then more often than not, we have a, you know, a unit A, B, C, D, E, you know, things like that. So it's still one building, but it's separated by fire-rated assemblies. And so you have multiple occupancies, six of them in our example, but it's still one building. So when it comes to branch circuits, there's a couple of things we have to be really careful about. And we have to think about our design. So in this building or this construction, I might have a situation where I have to be very uh, acutely aware of a situation where I need to have a house panel. So while I might be limited by my six disconnect rule, six individual enclosures for a service that we follow in the 230.72 for grouping of disconnects, and we have various rules there, 
but I might have six units and now I need a house panel. And so it might be the solution would be have a main breaker and then out of the main breaker, then we're not really restricted by the number of uh, panels that we would have. Okay. Again, not really the topic of today's episode where we go into the things about grouping and the six disconnect rules and all that kind of good stuff. But we're just kind of throwing a scenario out here where I've got individual occupancies that are in one building. Okay. Now, this could also be a prime example of this could be uh, an apartment building where I have one service that comes to it. And then I've got each individual unit will have their own panels. However, when it comes to supplying loads that are outside of that individual dwelling unit, for example, I've got rules I have to meet because, again, once that brand circuit leaves my uh, dwelling unit, then other people's control over that circuit has lost because the control over it is in my unit, right? So we have to think about the, the routing and things that have to be considered here. So we want to take a look at 210.25 and kind of break it down a little bit, make it a little easier to understand. Again, this should be one of the things that you learn uh, early on in your career when it comes to routing brand circuits, especially in buildings that have multiple occupancies. So let's look at it. It's basically broken down into 210.25A and B, and it's a great informational note that's provided after, you know, B there, so it applies generally, but it's a great note that gives you some guidance, but we want to look at this, and again, it's going to make perfect sense once we really dig into it. Again, we're talking brand circuits today. So 210.25A says dwelling unit brand circuits. Says brand circuits in each dwelling unit shall supply only loads within that dwelling unit or loads associated only with that dwelling unit. Okay, so let's use an example. So we have all the brand circuits that are going from the panel, probably a remote distribution panel. It's in your uh, dwelling unit. If it's an apartment complex, we'll use an apartment complex, for example. It goes down to where your service equipment would be. So in your pan, in your comp, in your units, you're going to supply the loads to the lights, the branch circuits to the receptacles. Uh, you're going to do the branch circuit to the indoor air handler unit. But you, and that's all within the dwelling unit. Now, when it talks about loads associated only with that dwelling unit, that also allows me to supply from my unit out of my unit to that outside air conditioning unit. For example, it's technically outside. The brand circuit is going outside of my dwelling unit. It also allows me to go outside of my dwelling unit for a brand circuit that might supply uh, a shed or something like that, as long as it, again, qualifies to be supplied by you know brand circuit. So those are the other loads that are allowed to be associated from your brand circuits within your dwelling unit. What this does not allow me to do now is it does not allow me to supply loads that would be in other dwelling units, okay? It does not allow me to, to supply loads that are outside of my dwelling unit, like a common hallway or something like that. Um, if it was an apartment complex, for example, it wouldn't allow me to supply those loads because they are not associated directly with my dwelling unit. So when applying 210.25, you can only have branch circuits. And of course, we know what a branch circuit is. It's a defined term in Article 100. And paraphrasing it, it's basically from the last point of the overcurrent protector device 
out to the actual load, okay, whether it be to a device like a receptacle or to a switch for lighting or whatnot. So that last point from the last overcurrent device out to the load or device, that's paraphrasing, of course, that's the that's your that's your branch circuit. And so those that come out of the panel in my dwelling unit, again, can only supply those loads that are associated with that dwelling unit or any that are outside but are associated directly with my dwelling unit. A good example was the outside air conditioning unit. It's not in the dwelling unit. It's applied from the dwelling unit, but it's associated with the dwelling unit. Okay, so um, that's uh, the way to do it. Now, easy way to understand this is a single-family dwelling. Everything would be supplied from the dwelling unit, right? It's an easy way to explain it. Um, so the one that gets complicated for many people is the 210.25B. Now, 210.25B is talking about common areas. So I have a multi-occupancy building uh, where I have multiple occupancies in it, uh, which means that I could have, for example, the lighting that would supply the lighting for the entire building. Okay, since it is common to all these occupancies, then it is considered a common lighting circuit. All right, so there's something you have to think about here. So I can't come out of an individual dwelling unit and supply the lighting for the entire complex. I wouldn't be permitted, okay? Because there are other lighting loads that are not directly associated with this dwelling unit. So let's talk about these common areas. So let's read it. So it's 210.25B. It says, common areas, branch circuits. It says, branch circuits that are installed for lighting, central alarm, again, for the, for the whole building. It's common to the whole building. Signal, communications, or other purposes for public or common areas of a two-family dwelling, multi-family dwelling, or a multi-occupancy building shall not be supplied, okay, this is important, shall not be supplied from equipment that supplies an individual dwelling unit or tenant space. So the, the concept here is I can't have any one dwelling unit or any one tenant space control whether or not these other loads are powered, okay, at any given time. Now, where could this be a problem? So let's say that was a, let's just do an easy one. Let's do, it's a multifamily dwelling. No, let's do a two-family, easy. We have a two-family dwelling, it's a duplex, okay? And typically, each one of the duplexes will have their own lighting for each one of their units, okay? So maybe that's not a good example. Let's do a quadplex. That makes it a little easier. Okay, so quadplex. So let's say we have a quadplex, it's four units, Okay. And we have four units, and we have a situation where there's going to be common lighting for the entire uh, multifamily dwelling, okay? And the common lighting cannot be supplied by any one of the individual dwelling units. Why? Because, heaven forbid, the one dwelling unit owner doesn't pay their bill. And if they don't pay their bill, now the lights go out. Or it moves out and that space sits vacant. Now what you have is an issue where the lighting, which is a safety concern, very much a life safety concern, again, depending on where you're at in the country, and you could have stairs and things like that that won't be illuminated, becomes a, a real physical safety concern. But the lighting is not there because it was dependent 
on one of the individual dwelling units of that multifamily dwelling. So it becomes a problem. So in that case, a complex like that would require a house panel. And that house panel would handle all of those actual loads that are not connected to any of the dwelling units directly. So that's a lot. And you could have a, a central alarm system, uh, depending on your codes and ordinances in your area, uh, fire alarms, uh, systems that are, you know, integrated in the building. Uh, all these type of things might require something that is common to all of these dwelling units, and you could not supply them from an individual dwelling unit. Now, also, you could not do that from a tenant space. So I've had that come, question come up before. Uh, it, it actually came up to a five-unit uh, complex that had separate occupancies. It's still one building because there was no firewalls, but it had two-hour rated assembly separations. Still one building, um, still one address. And what happened was they wanted to use one of the buildings that the owner was retaining wanted to be able to supply all of the actual lighting for the complex. The problem with that is he is still considered a tenant space. At some point, he could rent that out. You know, his his desires could change. And if that's the case, it's very dependent on whoever pays that bill that all of the lighting stays on. So part of this rule is to, to say, look, you can't have any of these common areas, these common spaces, supplied or under the mercy of any individual tenant space. So which is going to prompt you to have a house panel. Now, again, you've got all the rules of the number of panels you can have, number of disconnects and all that stuff. You have to be very conscious. It might push you into having a main breaker uh, and then downstream from that have individual units uh, with its own meters. Um, there's a bunch of different designs that could, could take place. But these are things you have to think about, and you really have to look at it up front. So nothing is just, and it's going to cost you so much more to try to tackle this from a catch-up game rather than a design perspective and really look at what you're doing. So again, we're going to wrap this one up, but the moral of the story here is if you have a dwelling unit, whether it's a single-family dwelling, which is really not going to be an issue because everything's being supplied from a single-family dwelling, it's irrelevant. This is more driven towards those dwelling units that are inside of uh, buildings where you have multiple occupancies in this one big building because there's no firewall. So you have multiple occupancies, uh, like in, again, apartment complexes. Those aren't firewalls between all of those units. They're fire-rated assemblies. Um, so, again, different occupancies. You have to remember that I cannot supply any of the common loads I cannot go from my unit and supply loads in somebody else's unit. Uh, None of that can be done under 210.25 with branch circuits. Uh, And then when it comes to common areas, like, again, areas that's going to be mutually shared by all of the tenants or mutually shared by public that would come to this location, things like that, um, if that's the case, it cannot be supplied by any individual dwelling unit or individual tenant space, okay? So again, really going to make you think about how you design something. Uh, And of course, I also will mention you do need to talk with your zoning because they might have problems with the meter configurations and how you're doing. And again, um, you can't just have a tenant say, well, I'll just add the money for your electric in my 
in my in the rent because then they become a regulated utility and that creates other problems as well which we're not going to go into this episode so again i'm a big believer is give everybody their own meter if that's how it's intended i ain't going to be charging nobody for no meters okay i ain't going to be charging nobody for no power use they're going to have their own meter and that's when you hear about people with tenant side meters and things like that okay they do not want to become a regulated utility right creates all kinds of problems and things like that and you don't want that so Hopefully, you got something out of this episode. Again, we were talking 210.25, branch circuits in buildings with more than one occupancy. So, again, it's a building, but yet it's classified as other occupancies within that building. Okay? All right. Till next time, folks, stay safe. God bless. Hopefully, you got something out of today's episode. If you have any other code uh, questions you might have, feel free to visit us uh, by using our app on our website, which is masterthenec.com. You'll see the app there that you can download. Or you can actually submit it through a website by clicking the Contact Us button. Or, again, you can just post it in the comment area of any of our podcasts or even our videos or podcasts over on our YouTube channel. And we'll do our best to answer those questions. Keep it polite. Keep it clean. Till next time, folks, stay safe. God bless.